Yes, 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 people. As promised, Echo Chamber is back. Oh, ho, ho, yes, hello. Uh, you know, we brought you coverage of the London Film Festival. And, hey, people seem to like it. So we're going to try it on the regular basis. I don't know if it's going to be weekly or bi-weekly. But you're going to get more echo chamber in your life on the reg. So what, what? Nice. This week, we're going to bring you reviews of The Christmas Trap, Bleeding Steel, 10,000 KM and Black Mother. But before we um, get to any of that, we're going to bring you the top 10. Okay, so at number 10, and this is for the week of um, the 26th to the, um, the 28th, it's that weekend. So um, at number 10 is um, La Fancilia del West. It's a, um, it's a screening of the Met Opera. Uh, then at number nine, we have First Man. Um, at number eight, we have Venom. And um, we, if you want to know what my views of Venom are, you should go and check out, um, I believe it was episode 20 of uh, the Echoes from the Void podcast. So yeah, there we have um, we have Venom for you. At number seven is The Hate You Give. And for a review of that, just check out um, episode 11 of the um, film festival edition of Echo Chamber. So, yeah, we review that there. At number six, it's Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. At number five, we have Johnny English, Strikes Again. At number four, Smallfoot. At number three, Halloween. At number two, A Star is Born. And at number one, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. So, yeah, that is um, last week's top 10. So, right now, we're going to get into our reviews. So, let's start off with um, The Christmas Trap. I wouldn't say I am a, um, a big Christmas fan. I mean... Yeah, most people that know me know it's not my uh, favourite time of year. But, you know, a, a, a fun movie is a fun movie. So I uh, I decided to check out The Christmas Trap. Um, this is the new film from director Harvey Lowry. I mean, this this is probably the biggest thing... That he's worked on director really He's more known for his other work in like makeup 
and production. He's worked on films like X-Men, The Last Stand, Watchmen, you know, like bigger films like that, Blade. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it's written by Dave Matheny and it's starring Shelley Long, Bo Derek, Christian Kane, Brighton Sharbino, Sierra McCormick, and Christopher Rice. Um, it's 112 minutes, and the breakdown is when teenagers Kara and Jesse strike up an unlikely friendship during a plane journey, they discover that they've both been packed off to spend Christmas with distant family they've never met. Deciding to make fun with the situation, the girls switch places to experience life on the other side of the tracks. But along the way, find families they've always wanted and an even bigger surprise they never expected. Dom, dom, dom. So, you know, I, I think you can kind of tell from that. That this film has all the trappings for a Christmas movie, you know, essentially. Um, now, I think it starts off in a way that really kind of, you know, I think sets the tone for the film. So you see... Um, you see one of the girls just like being told that she's going home to meet a parent and yeah you see you can see this friction in the family because her dad doesn't want to come then there's a set up in the airport to show how nice this girl is which is all a bit you know it's all a bit sickly because It's really pushing, she's sweet, she's sweet, she's sweet, which is a bit much. They, I think they went a bit too hard at, you know, from the onset. Then you have the, the whole encounter on the plane, which is a bit, you know, again, it's, it's a forced encounter. It's a forced encounter, and it's just like, oh, you like that, I like that, boom, now we're best friends. So you have this, but, you know, you understand, like, it's one of these type of films. So this setup is a typical, you know, it's a typical staple in a film like this. And, you know, for a film like this, it's, it's fine. You know, it's absolutely fine. And so you go through this whole plane thing, and then they decide to make this decision. And you do wonder, like, how did they switch? Because you would have thought someone would be waiting for them, like, directly off the plane. But no, so they managed to pull off this switch. And then they, um, then yeah, then it, all the craziness kind of ensues from there. And, and like, and it's funny, you, the um, 
the differences because you have one going to this really rich family and they show that you know what I, mean? I think the showing of the really rich is an easy thing to portray you know huge house like servants all of this kind of thing when you're on the flip side the 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 one on the poorer side of the tracks it was hard to see them as like you know they, they, i don't think they really came off as crazily poor but they kept on kind of yeah we don't have much money mm, how are we gonna afford that and that was the only way to really get across you know the the, the other family are are really really poor and so you have all of this and the stories unfolding out of you know the differences and the connections between the two families and you know the girls uh they you know they occasionally swap a phone call and you're kind of i i don't know i was kind of thinking i feel there should be more information swapping because to say that you know they're meant to remember every single thing that they must have talked about to enable this switch is a little bit of a stretch but that could just be me and my old man memory (laughs) you know you know um but yeah so you 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 have them and they're making these calls to keep in touch like things are unfolding and you know it's fine you know it's absolutely fine i think a couple of things that really stand out some of the acting here is it's not the best It, it really isn't the best and you kind of feel that it's it's like soap opera acting so some of these people you think yeah 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 yeah. you 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 could work in like soap operas you know things like sunset beach for all them old school cats that remember that show you know some of these people you think they'd be perfect in a series like that like the singing it's not the best singing it's definitely not the best singing the kid actors the little brothers they are not great they're not great so these are some of the things that really stick out as grating bits of the film i wish they hadn't gone the black big fat black maid route either because that's a little uh, you know what i mean tom and jerry yeah so it's just like mm, do we really have to kind of go with that stereotype really do we but you know I yeah the film unfolds and I have to say look the ending although it's very very saccharine you know what I mean you're gonna get diabetes from the ending it did it did I guess ping at the heartstrings just a little just a little grates me to admit it but just just a little man it got me just a little bit it then may infuriated me because I think it then went a little bit too far. But you know, it, 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 it's a it's a sweet Christmas film. It's one of those things that you can throw on 
with your family, you know, they, over Christmas dinner, everyone's there, you know, they, they've undone the belts, you know, they've eaten too much, and you just want to kick back, watch something nice, something unoffensive, and just chill, and yeah, I think it is, it's one of those films, um, Obviously, it's the parent trap in a different guise. So, if you enjoyed the parent trap, one of the many iterations, if you enjoy things like 13 going on 30, you know, this is like this is a film for you. You will enjoy enjoy this film, you know, if you like any of those like Miley Cyrus. Um, yeah, films like that, you know, this is your film, and especially if you like Christmas, go for it, so, this is from, um, you know, it's Lionsgate, and it's called The Christmas Trap, or you may know it as Christmas in the Heartland, but, as I, as I said, look, it is 112 minutes, Certificate U, um, and it is now available. It came out on the 29th of October, so you can grab it for, um, you know, digital download on all the major platforms, so yeah. That's it, man. If if you want a Christmas movie, you know, you probably, you won't go too far wrong with this if Crazy Sweet is what you're looking for. I've just watched a new film from uh, Jackie Chan. This is called Bleeding Steel. It's starring Jackie Chan, Show Lo, Nana... Oyang and Callum Mulvey. Um, yeah, it's 109 minutes. It is directed by Leo Zhang uh, and written by uh, Erika Zaihu and Sui Chu. It's from the movie partnership and Lionsgate. Uh, and you could probably classify it as action and uh, sci-fi, maybe a thriller. Breakdown of the film is Special Forces agent Ling Dong, who's uh, played by Jackie Chan, becomes embroiled in a high-tech conspiracy as he attempts, attempts to protect a crucial witness. Just as he gets closer to discovering the truth, Ling Dong is lucky to escape with his life when he's pursued by a mysterious and heavily armed militia. The secret remains buried until the publication of an epic sci-fi novel packed with disturbing parallels to the past events, forcing this conspiracy back to the surface. I think I have to say straight off the bat, this movie is pretty insane. It's like the way the film starts. The way the film starts is pretty um, spectacular. Well, I think at the beginning, you know, I th- there's an issue at the hospital, and Jackie Chan is on his way. 
and then he gets a phone call and this this is a decision whether to keep going to the hospital or go do his job and because you know information is leaked and he has to protect an asset so you have this really big car um i wouldn't say chase but it's a big kind of pursuity kind of thing at the beginning and then you're just thrown into this whole gunfight this crazy ass gunfight just explosions and everything and like you know we don't really know anything really anything about what is going on and you're just kind of thrown in at the deep end and i think it's it's not a bad thing i definitely wouldn't say it's a bad thing because you're just sitting there just like what is going on like who is that whoa so wait are they the bad guy like you know you're just kind of gripped it's really yeah it's interesting um so then you're left you're kind of left after this big craziness at the beginning and you're left to ponder and there's this time jump you know i um i think it's like 15 years and at the beginning you're not really aware of this and it kind of becomes a bit clearer as things move on i wouldn't say it's a big pot pot spoiler so don't worry um but yeah you've got this big time jump and you're trying to kind of piece things together like how like what's going on here what like why is this this and then that you have you're hit with this other big kind of crazy thing that happens and yeah you're just like this isn't intriguing because it's got they're using all these crazy technology there's all these kind of crazy fighting and stuff going on but i think one issue that you do face is well there's a couple of issues that you face some of the acting is a little bit hokey i would say yeah but you know maybe because this is a hong kong film so you know like i I haven't watched a whole heap of these kind of films so maybe the point is to be a little over the top so if that's the point then you know that's fine if not yeah some of the acting is a little hokey also um it's a, it's a dubbed film so you know originally it was filmed in mandarin and now it's been dubbed into english the dubbing is a little bit like the dubbing itself i wouldn't say is ropey it's just the voices sometimes like the voices don't seem to match the characters so it makes it a little bit weird but other than that you know i it's not the um you know it's not groundbreaking it's not a groundbreaking film here it's not gonna win any oscars it is kind of fun though it reminded me of um like in the uk back in the day late night i'm saying like one two in the morning channel four used to show these kind of mystic martial arts films 
And it reminded me of those, you know, and the kind of like monkey. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. So I would say, look, if you're a fan of things like, um, ooh, let's say Exit Wounds, like some of those old Steven Seagal films on Broken Ground or like Universal Soldiers, if these films are fun to you, then I definitely think you would enjoy this. You know, because, yeah, this is, it's fun. You can throw it on and just chill. You know, you, you don't have to overthink. It's just one of these crazy-ass plots that just keep on going. So, yeah, no crazy, you know, inception, like, oh, is it a dream and a dream? You know, there's nothing like that. But it's 109 minutes and it's pretty much fun wall to wall. So yeah, if if you're if you're a fan of yeah, things like Universal Soldiers, then I would say this is the film for you. So it's going to be released um at like video on demand um on the Monday the 5th of November. Uh it's 7.99 standard 9.99 HD and it'll be available via iTunes, Amazon, Google, Sky Store, you know, all of all of that kind of stuff and it's certificate 15. Okay? So yeah, that is Bleeding Steel starring Jackie Chan. Fans of Anchor and Hope will be happy to hear that 10,000 km is soon to be released next week, in fact. Um, so uh, it's from director Carlos Marquez Marcet, and it's starring Natalie Tina and David Verdagur. Um, and the breakdown is Alexandria, who's played by um, Natalie, Natalia Tenar, and Sergi, who's played by David Vagadur, live in a tiny Barcelona apartment. They decided to have a baby, but find their plans dashed when Alex receives an offer for an artistic residency in Los Angeles. Understanding this may be Alex's last chance to relaunch her photography career, the couple decide to put their plans on hold for a year. One year apart with a continent between them, Alex and Sergi must rely on virtual communication to keep the flame of their relationship alive. But with their realities no longer shared and the touch of one another gone, the technology that has supposedly brought the world closer together may just tear them apart. And, um, yeah, well, what I didn't realise before I, um, <laughs> agreed to review this film was that it was subtitled. So, this took me a lot longer than it should. It's, it's, only a 99 minute film but yeah it 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 took a while 
took a while, a lot of pausing um, to uh, to get through this, but it was a nice film, I did, it was a nice film, I'll, I'll say that, it, you know, I think we've kind of had films dealing with long-term, long-distance relationships before, but there was a a realness about this film you know it it there's a lot of times this type of film it will be a comedy but this you know this had that realness about it like we the film starts to really kind of cement their intimacy and to show us the connection that they have with each other so it it's a scene of them having sex i mean it's all tasteful she has a top on so there's no uh, gratuitous nudity um it it but it does kind of cement their connection you know and then we have them lying together and just kind of talking and, you know, it's all these kind of moments that, you know, they really want to show that this couple has this thing, you know, they're connect, you know, they're connecting on so many different levels, They, they, they care for each other, they love each other, you know, things go beyond just a simple relationship, I think that's what, um, you know, I, I feel Carlos wanted to show with this opening sequence. Like, one pr- one slight issue with it was that for a lot of the time, um, Alexandra's face is in shadow, so we can't get the expressions that are going with the sentiment of her words, because, you know, what she's saying, I think, is showing us a lot, but I I think if you could see the facial expressions as well, they would have really brought another dimension to this scene, but, as I said, look, it does what it needs to do, and then we we go through... um, the moment when she finds out that she's just received this offer, and like it was, it was really well acted because you know we see her at the computer, and it's like from that moment, like the way her body kind of stiffens up, and she's just there in shock. And then she just like collapses on the bed and the way she's on the bed and Sergei is trying to talk to her and she's just non-responsive, trying to process everything that's going through. But especially after, but you have to understand what happens before this scene really then brings credence to how how they're acting, how they're, you know, projecting this moment to us, and it's just handled so well, to then, you know, the elation, and then Sergei's reaction after that, 
And it's just, you know, it's like the beginning is just really well done. Just really well done. And I think it's it was a good move as well to then go straight to her in Los Angeles. It, it's the second day and we're straight into the, the, the communicating via technology kind of bit. So, you know, we're, we're right to the essence and the framework essentially of this film and we see so much here you know we see all the different aspects of that initial phase when you go long distance you know so you see the kind of like oh yeah I miss you I miss you I miss you and then we start to see the things that they they really miss and it really kind of reinforces the fact that they're now on their own for this for this time period. It's like trying to make a bed, you know, trying to make that double bed, you know, do the duvet, like just try and do that on your own. Because look, we all know it's easier with someone else on the other side. You know, there's no taking away from that fact. So we're seeing little moments like this that you can see is slowly, like, getting to um, Alexandra and Sergei, you know, in their respective locations. And it's not just by the computer, there's phone calls, there's FaceTiming, there's Skype, so we're seeing lots of different elements which they're utilising to, to communicate, to keep the connection alive. And it it works, it, I'd, I'd say it really does work, you really kind of feel it, like there's emails, you know, which then show another aspect, you know, and I think the film does a really good job of just displaying so many different types of emotion, and as a, um, as a viewer, I think we get that, you know, I think we, we, we can feel, you know, what they're going through, and yeah, it's just well acted, extremely well acted from Natalia and um, David, you know, they do a great job, essentially because we don't see anyone else, like there's I think there's a few kind of pictures of other people and I think there's a yeah I think that's essentially I, there might have been one video with another couple of people in it but essentially this film is carried by Natalie and David and they do a great job of keeping you occupied keeping you focused Keeping you like tuned in to what is happening with this couple, you know, it's 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 yeah, they they do a really really good job. Um, now, as as I said, look, this film is out on Monday, the fifth of November. Um, you'll be able to get it 
um, video on demand. So uh, from all uh, you know the um, the usual spots. So iTunes, like Google, um, probably the Sky Store. You'll you'll be able to get it on all of these places. It's through um, network releasing. And um, I would say it's well worth watching. Look, if you are a fan of films like, um, ooh, let, let's say like A Very Long Engagement, Dear John, um, Going the Distance, or like, I, I think Stir Crazy is... A really good example of what this film is. So if you're a fan, sorry, not stir crazy, like crazy, like crazy with um, Felicity Jones and Anton Yelchin. Um, yeah, if you're a fan of of those films, I really think that um, ten thousand km. Yeah, I I think this would be a film for you, you know, so, um, yeah, go, go grab that on, um, Monday the 5th. Tonight, I went to a, um, a screening of, uh, Black Mother, and there was a Q&A with the director afterwards, Kalik Allah, um, so, it's, you know, it's 77 minutes, and it's from um, Dogworth, the studio. So, Kalikala, who's already established himself as a photographer and filmmaker, takes his unique visual style and documentary voice to the next level with his second feature, Black Mother. Immersed in the sacred and the profound and everything in between, Allah's film is a deeply personal ode and exploration of Jamaica. And, you know, the funny thing is, when I was watching, watching this, like, the thing that strikes you is the way it's put together. It's its composition. And now after reading, you know, that Allah's a photographer as well, it definitely makes sense because what you see, you know, it's not really a film. Like, to me, I wouldn't say this is a film. This is more a stream of consciousness, you know, we're, we're seeing, um, like, this visual imagery telling different stories. I like, um, there was a program back in the 80s, I think, late 80s, called The Storyteller. And John Hurt, it would start with John Hurt sitting around a fire, and he'd tell these stories... And Allah is basically John Hurt here. We don't see him, 
but he's using the camera to tell these stories and you have two different stories going on at the same time you have the visual and you have the audible because with this the the the, the images that we're seeing aren't synced up with the audio so we're hearing something that doesn't necessarily match what we're seeing which is definitely interesting like sometimes it does and other times it doesn't like um the film well, the film is kind of put into these three trimesters and the first one of the first things we see really is um like a naked woman and we see these shots of women on the street and then there's a guy in a car talking to one of the women but we you know we we're, we're seeing a guy talking to the women but the audio is different to what we're seeing but it's a guy trying to um arrange a rendezvous but essentially um and you know it, it starts off with just like yeah he just wants him but he's like no hotel let's just do it in a car or something and it's just like yo what's going on and then he's arra- then he arranges a threesome and as soon as he says threesome then it's all good you know what I mean everything moves on but yeah that's kind of like the opening and then we're just seeing the, all these different other images of women um and then and this guy just doing these kind of moves as it were kind of like a tai chi but not a tai chi and this this is what it is we we're, we're kind of but the first trimester it's not focusing as much on women as kind of a lot of the essence of what Jamaica is to Ali Allah it would seem you know is um we we're seeing people talking about god it's that relationship with um with god that is very striking and the way people refer to god and jesus you know uh, is one thing that was said like jamaica has the most churches per square capita to any other country which i didn't even realize that you know that's that seems crazy but yeah the way everyone talks it's just you know they're referring to god and jesus and you know so we were seeing that at the beginning and then also a relationship to marijuana um it's not really a big focus but it's kind of mentioned uh and rastafarianism you know that's kind of talked about and explored and then also um which was very interesting because i didn't know this but um you have 
people talking about the um, Jamaican Maroons. And the Jamaican Maroons are descendants of Maroons who um, were Africans who escaped from slavery when they were brought over to Jamaica. So I I think it was so it's from the um the Spanish period. So um I I believe it's probably a lot of Ghana um yeah, a lot of Ghanaians. But yeah. So but I didn't really know that. You know, so the the when the um the slaves escaped, they established these free communities in the mountain mountainous interior. Primarily in the eastern parishes, which is yeah, interesting, and that's kind of touched upon in this first trimester of the film. Um, then we hit the second trimester, and in this, we're definitely seeing more about women. Um, and there's more shots of women, like schoolgirls. Priestesses, um, yeah, just the, 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 it's a it's a different kind of narrative um, in the film. You know, it, it's talking about blackness and how how a lot of women say it's perceived. You know, there's one woman that says, "Look, if if a black woman and a brown woman are walking down the street." You feel like a lot of, um, you know, self-loathing because people may come up to the brown girl and ask for her number and talk to her. And so they ignore you. And so then it makes you want to make possible changes to yourself, like skin bleaching and stuff like that. So we're hearing like this kind of stuff, which is all very, you know, it's all very interesting. We're seeing a different side of um, Jamaica that you don't usually see. You know, usually, you know, it's things like Yardi um, and stuff like that. We don't know really the stuff that's touched upon in in this film which is interesting um there's at one point that, uh, that you know there's the spirit spiritual uh, spirituality is um touched upon as well and how a lot of people see this uh you know like the rastafarians talk about how you can't eat meat to be able to touch that that next side of things and a lot of people are talking about you have to be clean like and you know clean just all through yourself not just you know your skin but your mind your the, your, the purity and how you eat and everything like that um and you know this this is very much talked about you know, but the spirituality of the people and and the health 
and how people, you know, like there was one guy and he he turns around and he's got this goiter, like tumour, just on growing out the back of his neck. And I mean, this thing was kind of the same size as his head. It was huge. But he's saying, look, no, I, I you know, I believe in Jesus and blah, blah, blah. And I don't feel any pain and, you know, I feel fine because I've got my faith and I don't feel any pain. Which was, yeah, strange, interesting, you know. It's not something that you, as I said, look, you you don't see this side of Jamaica. And then we end with a birth, which was just crazy. Yeah, so, you know, this woman, and she gives birth. And that's essentially, you know, after that, there's a prayer. But, um, yeah, this is kind of the end of the film, of this stream of consciousness, which is fascinating. But the real fascinating thing as well, you know, before we had the birth, there's a lot of talk on death. And, um, you know, living a good life. Yeah, how that's all kind of mixed together with the belief uh, and praise of Jesus. So we have this and then we have birth. So it's that kind of journey. You know, it's, yeah, this is, it's, it's strange. It's interesting, you know. Like, as I said, it's not a, um, a, a, a film that follows this clear path from beginning to the end. You know, it's not a story like that. It's, um, it's faults. It's statements. It's consciousness. Yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, and as I said, look, this was, you know, there was a Q&A with um, Kalik afterwards. And um, so I'm going to play for you, this for you now. But yeah, the, you know, this, this film, Black Mother, is from Dogwood, Dogworth. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going on general release from this Friday... So, uh, yeah, so from the second, you know, I, I keep an eye out if this sounds like it might be for you. You know, if you're into this kind of esoteric documentary, this, you know, uh, interesting form of storytelling, you know, if you're interesting in in Jamaica as a country, then I'd say you know, check this out, you know, um, yeah, keep an eye out for Kalik Allah, alright, so, um, you know, I'm now playing you the Q&A, I hope you enjoy, and yeah, I'd say, look, if you want any more information, go to the Dogwoof, um, go to their website, go to their social media, like, you know, ask them questions, yeah, find out a bit more, or go to Kalik Allah's website, 
you know, I'll spell out his name so you have it. It's K-H-A-L-I-K, Kalik, and then A-L-L-A-H, Allah. All right, here's the Q&A, people. heritages 
It's just that I grew up in New York with more of my Jamaican family. And it's a lot easier to go to Jamaica than it is to Iran. Right. So I've been going there frequently my entire life, you know. Um, so yeah, it represents home, you know what I'm saying? Because even as a kid, I would just go, think, thinking I was going on vacation to spend like two weeks with my grandpops, but it would be like church for two weeks. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I went to the monastery, I went to the temple, I thought I was going to the beach, you know? <laughs> So, you know, it definitely represents a place like, you know, growing up in America, a lot of my friends, their, their homes, their vacation was down south, like Mississippi right. or Alabama, right. those type of places. Yeah. But Jamaica's down south too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it was my way of going down south. Um, and yeah, but I just want to touch back on the previous prompt, sure. which was alone. Yeah. I never really feel alone. Even though it, it could just be one man, yeah. I still feel like, even in this case with Black Mother, yeah. I felt the presence of my grandfather, my, my grandmother, yeah. as I was editing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, I was saying obstacles, this was my second film. Your second project is difficult if people like the first one. Right. You know what I mean? Because now you got expectations right. and, and a certain degree of pressure, yeah. you know, to perform a certain way. Yeah. But I didn't feel any of that because I knew I was doing something personal. I could have went the commercial route yeah. and just did something for, for money, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. this was like, yo, I will do some fake projects just for money, Yeah. eventually, yeah. you know what I mean? But right now, for my early work, eat. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so the thing you've saying about you when you go to Jamaica, you spend a lot of time in the church, in the monastery, in those spaces. My next word is soul. And when I was watching it from the back, actually, I probably changed that to God in a way. Mm. You say, um, you call the work that you do a camera ministry. And I think the strongest thing for me about this film is the presence of, and it's, it's a side of the Caribbean culture that is rarely understood, mm. but the way in which spirituality affects the essence of life there whether it be in the physical church, whether it be in the landscape that, that you kind of feature. So I would, I'm kind of interested in your perspective of spirituality and God and, and the way in which you choose to explore that. Well, I mean, you know, as I've said, I've never seen a film about Jamaica that wasn't about reggae mm. or Rastafarianism mm. or marijuana. Mm. You know, those things are in this film but they're more on a surface level, then it goes much deeper, mm. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, just choosing to include God in a film or spirituality in a film, I knew it was kind of like a radical decision because God doesn't have a good name in cinema, mm. you know what I'm saying? Usually mm. the only time you see God is like a horror movie mm. and it's in some demonic way, mm. like yes. The Exorcist, you yeah. know what I mean? Or so, you're seeing crosses or graveyards or some demonic type of nonsense, you know what yeah. I mean? I think like my experience, even though I grew up in the 5% nation, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can you so, explain a bit about, for those people who may not know what the 5% Nation is? Or? Well, you know, I had a lot of questions just as a Christian when I was a child going to Sunday school, and they weren't able to answer that. And what was what prompted me to join the 5% Nation was getting let back in school in the 8th grade when I was 13. And then there were just certain brothers on the streets that long had been dropped out, but they knew the speed of light. They knew the circumference of the planet Earth. They knew the square mileage of the planet Earth. All these actual facts and, you know, solar, flat, solar facts, you know what I'm saying? They could tell you, you know what I'm saying, light is 186,000 miles per second. And I'll just be a kid like, damn, this dude is real swift and he got all this knowledge. And then they put me onto something called Supreme Mathematics. 
And once I started dealing with that, because that's like a form of metaphysics, once I started dealing with that, I really dismissed the religion, you know, and got into the curriculum, which is 120 lessons that you memorize, you know. So for me, uh, I remember just looking at Christians a certain way and looking at any religious people a certain way after that. It took a degree of maturing in order to see the value in the religion, to go beyond it, you know what I'm saying, to the, to, to the substance. Because, you know, religions are like the water companies, you know what I'm saying? You got Aquafina, Fiji, Dasani, whatever this is, you know what I'm saying? Tap. Just tap, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's all different containers for the same thing, yeah. you know what I mean? And I would say that the substance is the spirit. Yeah. So if you got a pure spring, you know what I'm saying, in your backyard, just yeah. drink from that. It doesn't need to be in any package. Yeah. So I had to go, you know, even with my grandfather, like he used to just, the first thing he would do when I got to the house when I was a teenager, just start praying. Yeah. Making sure, like praying Thanksgiving. It wasn't anything impractical. That's the thing I could say about Christianity in Jamaica. It's, it's pretty practical. Yeah. You know what I mean? The people are still, they haven't lost their sanity with it. Yeah. You know what I mean, some religious yeah. people is gone in, in a way. Not to be judgmental about it because everything serves a purpose, you know? And that prayer, that amazing evocation prayer at the end, is, is that prayer for you? Yeah. I was recording that like this. Mm. She had a hand on my head. Right. And as you said, I don't have a big crew. It was just me and my brother, you know what I'm saying? And he was holding the camera. And I had just met, met that woman like five minutes before she delivered that prayer. Yeah. We were driving through a part of the West in Jamaica called Sav Lamar. Yeah. And I seen this woman in white head to toe. And like was like, yo, stop the car, man. And I told her what I wanted. She was just like, calm down, calm down. Cause I was like, really like, yo, you know, can you speak to me? Can you, will you be in my film? And uh, she said, let's walk. And then she took us to the, to that place, which she said was Jesus church that she's supposed to build, you know? And on that walk, I was just recording the whole thing. So that was meant to be, man. Like in the process of making this film, certain things that happened, certain shots that I got, which is meant to be. Yeah. They weren't planned. None of this was scripted. Yeah. You know, there's that shot of the horse and the man riding the horse that's during the funeral. And um, I kept the camera in the back seat and my boy Chris would be back there and I just hear the 16 millimeter running. And I'm like, yo, and his hip is on the gun of the 16 millimeter just wasting film. So I grabbed it from him and I see this horse and then boom, just got to shout out the car window. So. It was all meant to be, man. And tell us a little bit then about, um, there's such an organic feel and nature to the making of the work. So tell us a little bit about how you go about it. I'm quite interested, obviously there's the non-sync sound, so the sound and the image isn't, necess is, isn't designed to be together. So tell us, how do you do it? What do you do? What do you say? All right, well, I'm recording the audio separately. Okay. I'm not recording the audio with the, with the camera microphone. You know what I'm okay. saying? In fact, I'm not even having a, a microphone on the camera in the case of the film cameras. Right. You know, because as you can tell, this is like six different formats. Yeah. You know? Which, what, what did you use? Um, Super 16, yeah. Super 8, yeah. Mini DV, Hi8, cassette tapes, um, uh, a drone, and uh, Lumix GH3. Wow. So, yeah. And some of that footage goes back to when I was like just a kid and trying to pick stuff up on vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even the funeral, when I recorded that, that was 2012. Uh -huh. And I didn't start making this film until 2015. Okay. But basically, I record the audio separately, and then I build out the structure of the film through the audio. Okay. You know, like, once I decided to film a birth, 
and I knew like I was gonna film this birth, then I was like, I can make three chapters in the three trimesters. Yeah. You know, and the first trimester, the way, cause I had six hours of audio testimony from different people and it was really difficult to kind of find a structure of it. So I said, all right, the first trimester would be more what people may expect, people dancing in the street, you know, we'll talk about food, we'll talk about religion, we'll set it up, we'll establish some things. And then by the second trimester, it's much deeper. It's into the effects of colonialism, bleaching, you know what I mean? Now, it's also what people would expect from the film with the title Black Mother, because now we're talking more about the woman in the second trimester, mm. you know? But by the third trimester, it's in that deeper spiritual realm with the funeral going into the prayer, mm. you know? But really it's four parts, because you got the birth. Mm. And that's like, you know, the four quadrants, the four chambers mm. of the heart. Like mm. this film is not a cerebral mm. film. This type of film where you know you go you go to see a, a 3D movie you gotta wear 3D glasses. Mm. This is like you gotta have your heart chakra open mm -hmm. to see this film mm. and get you know what I'm saying mm. the deeper meanings. Mm. There's a lot of political meanings too, but those are supposed to be eclipsed mm. at the end mm. with the deeper meanings. So let's talk about the birth because it's this all of your work is confrontational. Which is would you would you agree with that? So that's my way. It might not be yours. I don't know. Um. I mean, the connotation of confrontational, nah, because that means almost like adversarial. But as far as confronting things or having people yeah. confront things they don't want to look at, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Because like a lot of my subjects, even the big boil, the big tumor on the back of my man's neck, oh. you know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't want to look at that, oh. so I'm making you confront that visually. Right. I'm making a whole audience of people have to look at something that Otherwise, they may have avoided. Right. So to me, it's it's about awareness, consciousness, and what what do you feel when you see that? Because yeah. because the audio is separate from the video, there's so much room for association forming. Yeah. So I'm basically asking the audience to like come and form associations between what you hear and what you see. Yeah. And so coming back to the to the uh, to the birth, the pregnancy, and the birth. So tell us a little bit about that. Who who's the woman first of all? That's my friend, Ashika, and she's actually the niece of the man in the beginning who's negotiating with the prostitutes. Okay. You know, that's his niece, and, you know, she's a year younger than I am. Yo, they made me the godfather of the baby. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you the whole story, though, but it was hard as hell because I was in touch with the, with the Jamaican Midwife Association, and I told them what I wanted to do, okay. and they were like, you want to you do what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Film a birth? So they never got back to me after that. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, generally speaking, outside of dancehall, especially in the countryside, you know, a lot of women are more conservative in Jamaica. Mm. To even film a mm. woman nude mm. was strange mm. in Jamaica. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so those were creative decisions that I that I had to speak to. Mm. You know. Um, and did you? What was your What was your thinking? What was your? How did you make the decision? Because one of the things that I was talking about this earlier that I find confronting in the film is is the, the, the various depictions of women in the film. I find it incredibly um, illuminating. And also, there's a line for me that I'm like, I'm interested in the choices that you made and when you made them and yeah. kind of why and how you made them. Um, so, and because I think being of Caribbean descent and understanding the context mm -hmm. of the Caribbean and that conservatism, 
when you have prostitutes next to church girls yeah. next to there's a kind of way in which you're mixing that up which is creatively very interesting but also there's a way as a Caribbean woman that I'm like I don't know uh, yeah for sure so that I'm was an obstacle that was definitely something in my notepad that you know what I mean was in the in the ink on my paper to think about you know yeah. as I was making this and I think what I was trying to do was you know marry the profane and the sacred together because Jamaica, that's how they exist together. You know what I'm saying? When I look yeah. out, you know, I, I see a lot of foul shit in the church. I see a lot of righteous shit in the street. So it's it goes both ways. And, you know, as far as like it being a documentary, it, it was about the positive, the negative, and the neutral, 360. You know what I mean? I was trying to show 360 degrees of it. Yeah. Um, regardless to it being difficult, you know what I'm saying, to yeah. swallow, you know, yeah. That's that's just as far as like the, 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 the street levels and the profane stuff, but as far as like the depiction of women, you know, there were different reasons for different choices. Yeah. You know, um obviously I'm a man, the title of the film is Black Mother, you know what I mean? But that title wasn't intended to be a definitive statement on the black woman oh. itself, although that's in that oh. more in the second trimester, as I was saying. But that title really represents the earth. <laughs> you know, growing up in the five percent nation, we refer to the to the woman as the earth. Oh. You know what I mean? That's where you get everything from sustenance and especially in a film where you have a funeral that's like you know the exit from you know like you come here through the womb of a woman when you leave you get put in the casket you go back into the woman back into the earth oh. so oh. I look at the woman as a doorway a highly spiritual um existence oh. this woman you know what I'm saying so the film was definitely intended to be celebratory oh. you know what I'm saying and celebrate you know what I'm saying women oh. um but I didn't want to exclude what's going on because when you look at the island of Jamaica it literally has been raped you know what I mean through colonialism by this by where we at right now you know what I'm saying yeah so in that way it's been raped and then since then it's become uh, uh everything is based off of tourism it's a tourist economy it's a service economy mm. all of the money is service that they provide to visitors so in that way it's had to sell itself out like a prostitute like mm. the island itself and I know that's like harsh to say, but through the lens of history, mm. like that's kind of what has happened. Mm. So I wanted to like depict the plight of women nowadays, young girls, there's no jobs. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that these uh, women who are sex workers are getting punched in the face. A lot of the men that pick them up are trying to treat them well, but they just pay them. It's almost like they go on a date. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, Some of right. it is just, you know, foul. I'm sure a lot of women get caught up and get killed and some foul shit happens, of course. Mm. But, yeah, man, I mean, there's one part that you may be touching on specifically when there's men addressing the physique of women, saying that, yo, the ones that eat Burger King, KFC are bigger mm. than the ones in the country who are healthier. Mm. But that's a case where it doesn't matter who's saying it. It's still true. You know what I mean? I'm vegan, so I, I, I'm biased. I was definitely with the rosters on the ITAL. You know what I mean? I don't like to see Burger King and KFC in Jamaica. You know what I mean? Jamaica's becoming uh, recolonized. Also, the Chinese part, right? To include that, I had certain people in my corner while I was making this film, like, yo, you don't want to include that in the final cut. And I was like, yo, I have to, because that's the real sentiment of a lot of the Maroons, a lot of the Rastas, you know what I mean? They're not talking about the Chinese of yesteryear who were in Jamaica, who've been in Jamaica. They're talking about like how it's being recolonized, you know what I mean? And yeah, it was harsh. I'm not racist, 
and it wasn't about me. It was about capturing something that I just thought was there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Chinese uh, festival programmers, mm -hmm. and certain people were like, "Yo, man, this program is not gonna rock with you," mm -hmm. and you know they still accepted the film. Mm -hmm. And then I had to say, "Yo, what do you think about that?" Mm -hmm. She was like, "Yo, it's happening in Ghana too." <laughs> she was like, "Yo, it's real." Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, man, but I definitely would hate, you know what I'm saying, for women to walk away from this thinking it was misogynistic, though. Mm. That's the thing, because that was never the intention, you know what I mean? I think one of the one of the things that I think is, you know, it'd be interesting we can have more conversations about this, but one of the things that I think is interesting in that's called Black Mother, I think it's also very much about the Black Father in mm. terms of the sure, voice, because sure. actually in terms of the voiceover, mm -hmm. and, yeah, and also the voiceover, I mean, in terms of the, the, the balance probably in terms of men to women, it's, there's a lot of men, obviously, on the, on the soundtrack, and there's a lot of men talking about uh, what the, the definition and the notion of being a woman, as well as women speaking about that too. So, so and I was saying to you earlier that I think there is the perspective of Jamaican men and Caribbean men is pretty specific yeah. when it comes to women, and to me, it captures very much not the essence of that, but very much the essence of the way in which Jamaican men view that, specifically view that situation, view yeah. the situation of being a woman. Yeah, man, Jamaican men, some of the funniest in the world. You know what I mean? This the stuff that my brothers be saying, you know. Mm. Um, mm. But it's also because I, this film taught me what it was, what it was about as I was shooting it. Like yeah. I didn't know it was Black Mother when I began, and it wasn't scripted. I didn't come into it, yeah. yo. Know, this is gonna be about three trimesters in this form. Yeah. It was basically I was editing as I was shooting it, so yeah. I was listening to the audio. You know, as I was at, as I was like coming off these trips, yeah. you know, and then I said, okay, yeah, this is starting to make sense, and, and it began to teach me what to do. And then I was like, all right, this is what it is. Yeah. So you know, also you know, it's about sixty forty men to women percent wise. You know what I mean? Had I knew from the get go, it probably would have been sixty forty women to right. men. You right. know what I mean? But yeah. there's another side of that too because I think in the film, um, there's a lot of um. Well, for instance, my grandmother, she would have been a much big part of the film, but she passed away long before my grandfather did. Right. So I had the footage to lean on, and usually the footage of my grandfather is him speaking about my grandmother and how they met, you know what I mean? Or prayers. Um, let me just, a quick question. Anna, is that five minutes till we finish? <laughs> I think it's a thumbs up. Okay, that means, sorry guys, I'm gonna throw it to you. I'll just share uh, questions from you guys. We've got a few, just a few minutes. Hi, um, really interesting definitely is some uptown in there, you know, and some middle class, but it may just be pictures, it may just be visual stuff, and you may not, it, I may not let it linger long enough for it to really register that that's where it was, but this film was not one um, parish, this was the entire country, 
you know. Uh, we traveled. This was very much a traveling film, you know. And, um, you know, my grandfather, I guess you could consider him more middle class where he was, you know. Uh, the downtown was definitely in there, the rough, you know, environments, the gully, you know what I'm saying, was definitely depicted a lot throughout the film. But um, it was about confrontation, as you said, and seeing from perspectives you don't usually hear from. You know what I mean? A lot of the people I document, they're not in the modern era with Instagram, social media, you know what I'm saying, Facebook. They're not really communicating with, with the public like that. A lot of them don't even have cell phones. So it was about showing that. Plus, there's that part where you see a boil, you see the guy talking about how healthy the herbs are and the plants and, and you know, the fruit. But the side that you don't see after that is like how sick a lot of people are. You know what I mean? Mentally, physically, um, the healthcare is really foul in Jamaica. You know, all of that was more of a comment on, you know, society, you know? And yeah, that those were the reasons, you know? It wasn't about, um, you see, what I do is a fine line between is this exploitation or is this sincerity? You know what I mean? Um, so that boils down to my intention that only I may know, you understand? But that's a risk that I take to release something like that to the public and let them make their own conclusion. You know what I mean? Um, anytime you put something out as an artist, you're gonna be judged one way or another. You know what I mean? The Buddha said, no man is 100% praised, no man is 100% blamed. Oh. Everybody is praised and blamed to some degree. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So you better make what you wanna make if you're gonna be an artist. Just oh. follow your vision. You know what I mean? Throughout the process of making this film, I felt like a channel. I just kept saying I'm a channel. You know what I'm saying? So this was more spoken through me, you know? I, I was I was thinking actually when you were when you were talking earlier that, that I'd love to see your work alongside the work of Zora Neale Hurston. So you know Zora Neale Hurston, she's at the writer during the around during the Harlem Renaissance and she was criticized by other writers in the Harlem Renaissance for showing basically southern working class southern black life. And she was a filmmaker, she would document, she would just drive around in this car and she would document. Yeah. And um People like Richard Wright and those guys were like, you should be showing like, you know, black people talking vernacular. What are you doing? And there's a kind of interesting tension there, isn't there, between that the, the depiction of, of, of kind of uplifting the race, and then the other side, which is actually this is how people, a majority, a huge majority of people live these days. Yeah, I mean, when you when you put something into a frame, you take a picture of something. You gotta understand that there's so much outside of the frame that's not in that picture. Mm -hmm. So no picture is the truth. You know what I mean? You gotta, you know, you gotta really understand that there's so much more to the story. That judgment is futile. You know what I mean? Okay, a couple more, a couple more questions. I've got. Yeah. I see my man way yeah. in the back. Great, great. <laughs> um, I hope everybody can hear me. Congratulations, sir. Um, it was uh, quite inspirational and an uh, extraordinarily different insight into a country we <coughs> don't know a great deal about. I want to ask you, sir, um, to whom do you hope this this film, this documentary film, is going to reach out to, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in this country? We have obviously, as you uh, can't be denied, uh, problems um, with all sorts of communities, um, particularly obviously the, uh, uh, the uh, problems with the black youth community, uh, but I, I don't think them out uh, for that purpose. Um, would you like to think that um, 
if, if they at all saw this film, it would give them some uh, uh, inspiration, hope about where their origins were. Do you think it would at all uh, uh, possibly help them at all? Great, thank you. Well, I think like anybody could watch it and grow off of it if they choose to. You know what I'm saying? Regardless the age or race or, or whether you're from Jamaica or not. You know what I'm saying? Um, not all black people are from Jamaica anyway, so you know what I mean? Like Jamaica, most of the Jamaicans are from Ghana, taken from Ghana. You know what I'm saying? During Triangular Trade. You know what I'm saying? So people got to go back to the origin, really, man. Throughout the movie, there's so much history I didn't want to go into it, so I just had the books as suggestions. You got Dr. Ivan Van Sertema that came before Columbus, uh, Chancellor Williams, The Destruction of Black Civilization. You know what I'm saying? All of these books that they don't teach you in high school mm -hmm. that you should be learning. You know what I'm saying? Those books, if they were taught in school, that would you could fix racism quickly. Mm. You know what I mean? And black people would recognize that they are the mothers and fathers of civilization, man. You know what I'm saying? Truly, you know, uh, making steel before anyone else. You know what I'm saying? Um, heart surgery, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, women giving birth in, in birthing chairs, like, uh, you know, Imhotep is, you know, the real father of medicine. They say Hippocrates, but he studied under the African great Imhotep, you know what I'm saying, who was a multi-genius and a pyramid builder. You know what I mean? People don't really know, like, everything been plagiarized, even the math, Pythagoras was a Greek. He learned that shit. He had to fast for 40 days before he was allowed in Egypt. They used to make people clean up their, their guts before even coming in to study because the medicine and spirituality was tied together. The medical science and the spiritual science was the same thing. That's why the people were so healthy. Now people look at spirituality and health differently. But if you're healthy, and you know, especially if you got a healthy liver, a lot of people that liver, they're not knowing. The liver got liver stones, hundreds of them. You should check out this book, man. The Amazing Gallbladder and Liver Flush by Andreas Moritz. They killed this doctor. Yo, I'm telling you, man, Dr. Holder Clark speaks about electricity. Dr. Sebi as well. There's so much science, man, but I'm drifting way far from your question, but. Yes, is the answer. All right, thank you. And what, any more questions? We've got one more. Great film. Um, what's your next project? Thank you for making it quick. Get some sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sit back. I've been traveling, man. This, con this year, 2018, I've been to like 12 countries with the film. You know what I'm saying? I was just in Sardinia, then Germany. I just came from Mexico before here. Like, it's been a blessing, man. I'm seeing all different people around the world watch the film and what I can say is that generally speaking people laugh at the same time you know what I'm saying they got the same emotional response they got similar questions during the Q&A so all around the world people are more similar than different mm -hmm. you know what I mean so what does that say you know what I mean mm -hmm. and even though the film is from a tiny island Jamaica is smaller than it's a whole country that's smaller than Long Island New York mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying it's a whole country and everywhere you go you can find a Jamaican Everywhere I went, even in Italy, I saw a Jamaican that came up to me at the screening and said where he was from. You know what I'm saying? How many, how many of the Jamaicans we got in the audience tonight? Bless. All right, listen, I think we're going to have to wind up there. but um, I'll be around, man, if you got questions. Be around, and we're going to have you back, because this guy, yeah, I mean, 
the, the masterclass you did at Sheffield was amazing. I mean, in terms of in terms of kind of a thinking um, cinematographical kind of idealist, I think Kalik, you're kind of up there. So just keep doing what you're doing, and we're going to have you back. So I hope you enjoyed our first week of reviews and the um, the Q&A for Black Mother. So we're going to end with a little bit of film news. Uh, yeah, so um, this is it. Okay, so Jack O'Connell and Chloe Grace Moretz are um, going to play Bonnie and Clyde in um, a film called Love is a Gun. It's going to be directed by Kike Mayalio. Uh, the story is um, going to be written by Sheldon Turner and Johnny Newman. Uh, produced by Marissa McMahon and Ashley Scheifer. And the, um, the filming will start at the beginning of um, next year, 2019. So we... Um, we reviewed it in episode seven of the um, London Film Festival Echo Chamber. But the big news is that Warner Brothers is going to um, be distributing Peter Jackson's World War One document, World War One documentary. Um, they shall not grow old. So um, yeah, that's great because look this was a really good really good and interesting um film so i think it's 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 great that everyone will get a, now an opportunity to see it on a larger release than it um was originally going to get so uh yeah it, it, there's no um there's no date yet for when um they'll be putting it out though but i mean i i can imagine it should probably be coming up soon because you know it's like poppy day and everything like that coming up so uh yeah that's uh that's great news and um you know it, it's not film news but Director Barry Jenkins has just signed a first look deal with Amazon uh, for TV shows. Like he's already directing the Underground Railroad for them, and he's um, upcoming. If Bill Street could talk, which we covered in episode eleven of the Film Festival Echo Chamber. You know, that was through um, Amazon Studios. So, yeah, now, um, yeah, Jenkins has, um, you know, found a place to lay his hat, as it were. So we could be up for some really interesting TV work. Word is uh, that after 18 years, uh, Ridley Scott has finally decided to do the... Um, rumoured gladiator sequel which does seem crazy but he's hired 
Peter Craig, who wrote The Town and Twelve Strong, to uh, pen the script. So, um, yeah, like, I think this is um, probably the closest that we've gotten to the sequel that has been constantly talked about. So no dates have been attached or anything like that. But um, yeah, we we could very well soon be, you know, hearing more about this Gladiator sequel. Which, um, you know, it, it could well be interesting. Let's hope that it doesn't do a Matrix sequel and um, kind of diminish the first. And we're going to end with the biggest bit of film news. Well... I mean, I think so. He's alive! Yes, people. The um, director of Overlord and Son of a Gun, Julius Avery, is going to direct a new Flash Gordon film. Now, this is something that I've thought, you know, with, with so many films being remade, that I was so shocked that no one has touched this. You know, I'm I'm so shocked it's not even been turned into a musical, you know. Um, there was word that Matthew Vaughan was going to be doing a version a few years back, but that never saw the light of day. So uh, Avery penned a new script, the studio loved it, so we will soon be seeing a new film version of Flash Gordon. Which is great. The interesting thing though. It, it's it's set up at 20th Century Fox. So with the upcoming. You know. Merger with Disney. That will be going through. You know. Uh, at the end of the year. Will this come through Fox? Will it come through Disney? You know. When will they slot it in? Who knows? You know, maybe it gets to um, Guardians of the Galaxy free day. But uh, yeah, it's just great news that um, we will soon get some Flash Gordon back in our lives. So that this has been, um, yeah, the first episode of the new incarceration of Echo Chamber. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. You know, like with everything, we're going to be fine-tuning, we're going to be tweaking, but we're going to be bringing you film news on the regular, so enjoy, and I will catch you again very soon. Alright, people, peace.